You're listening to On Attachment, a place to learn about how attachment shapes the way we experience relationships and where you'll gain the guidance, knowledge, and practical tools to overcome insecurity and build healthy, thriving relationships. I'm your host, relationship coach, Stephanie Rigg, and I'm really glad you're here. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of On Attachment. Today's episode is five tips for rebuilding after a long-term relationship. So this was a topic that was requested by my Instagram community, and it's one that I know a lot of people struggle with, and certainly I've struggled with myself. I think that long-term relationships ending can be very destabilizing, and it's certainly a time and an experience when we can feel really filled with doubt and in a conflict and confusion and mixed feelings. And so I'm hoping that today's episode will give you some clarity, some guiding principles, some tools, and some mindset shifts to navigate that process with greater self-trust and greater trust in the process itself, which I think is really what it comes down to. I should also say that even though I will be speaking more so in the context of a long-term relationship, all of the tips I'm going to share would equally apply to any breakup or ending. So if you've just come out of a relationship that wasn't long-term, that was only a couple of months and you're still really feeling it and still having a hard time, rest assured that you can apply and adapt if need be the tools and the advice that I'm going to be sharing today. Before I dive into that, I just wanted to share a couple of quick announcements. The first being that I am holding a flash sale on my masterclasses and my higher love course. It's 50% off, which is the biggest discount I've ever given on those. And you can get any of my masterclasses. So better boundaries, which is all about boundaries, go figure, how to navigate anxious avoidant relationships and sex and attachment. So those are the three masterclasses. They're about two hours each. And my higher love course is a breakup course. And that's six modules, fully self-paced, self-study. So you get instant access to all of it when you sign up. So you can use the code LOVEYOU, L-O-V-E-Y-O-U, at checkout to access that discount. And I'll link all of that in the show notes. The second quick announcement is just to share the featured review, which is I stumbled across this show by accident a few months ago, and I'm so glad I did. The podcast has helped me understand my own attachment style and the sense of relief I now feel is massive. I finally know why I feel anxious and most importantly, what I need to do to become more secure. In fact, I've already started on this journey via the podcast and I've never before felt such a sense of calm. I can finally relax. I'm looking forward to continuing this journey with Stephanie's podcast at the center. Thank you so much for that beautiful review. I really love hearing that and it brings a big smile to my face. I think that your experience really speaks to the fact that so often what we need is just to be told you make sense. Your experience makes sense. You're not crazy. Um, you're not defective. You're not broken. Uh, and understanding like, oh, other people are like me and, you know, I feel understood and I feel like there's an explanation for all of this and there's a path forward. I think that in and of itself, before you even start you know, taking those steps forward is incredibly, as you say, relieving and calming to the system. So I'm so glad that that's been your experience. If that was your review, please send an email to podcast at stephanierig.com and my team will set you up with free access to one of those masterclasses that I mentioned earlier. 
Okay, so let's dive into these five tips for rebuilding after a long-term relationship ends. The first tip that I want to offer you is allow yourself the time and space to grieve however you need to. I think collectively we're pretty uncomfortable with grief whether that's, you know, grief after death or after any other ending. And I think it's really important to understand that the grieving process after a breakup is really, you know, biologically akin to any other type of grief. Obviously it can show up in different ways and circumstances will influence that, but it can take you through emotionally the same kind of process. And so I think we need to approach it and honor it as such. What that means in practice is allowing yourself to feel those feelings. Granted, you may not be able to take three months off work to stay in your pajamas and cry all day. And that's certainly not what I'd be encouraging you to do anyway, but allowing yourself the time and space to be with whatever emotions are arising. And oftentimes those emotions will be conflicting. And so preparing yourself for that without making it mean more than it does. So it is perfectly normal to feel doubt, confusion, you know, second guessing whether it was the right thing to do, longing for that person, wanting to reach out to them, you know, rehashing everything that happened, um, anxiety, confusion, all of these things are completely normal, expected parts of the breakup experience and that grieving process. And that's true irrespective of whether the relationship was healthy or unhealthy you know, whether the breakup was a long time coming or happened quite suddenly, we're going to go through some sort of grieving process. And that's likely to come in waves. It's unlikely to be linear. And so I think the more we can go into that experience, expecting it, expecting it to be emotionally dense and turbulent, expecting it to come in waves, the less likely we are to take that experience and make it mean something because this is where I see people get stuck every single time. You know, we go, oh my God, I miss them so much. This cannot be the right decision. If this were the right decision, there's no way that I would miss them this much. Or we're both so upset. Doesn't that mean that we should be, you know, trying to make it work? Maybe, but also probably not. (laughs) If I'm being really honest, I think I have another episode on you know, questions to ask before getting back together with someone that you can scroll back and find. But what I always say as a starting point is if it's just missing them, then that's not enough. That's not enough of a reason to go back or to, you know, take any action with those feelings because missing someone is a completely normal, predictable response to a long-term relationship ending. Again, any relationship ending, but especially a long-term one, because, you know, when you've been with someone for a long time, there is inherently a level of comfort and stability and predictability that you get from that relationship. Even if that relationship is dysfunctional and unhealthy and not working, that's still an anchor point in your life that you come to navigate the world via, you know, all of your daily routines and habits and, you know, what you do, how you move about the world is influenced and shaped by the relationship. So when that gets taken out, you're going to feel the lack of it. You're going to feel the void and that is going to be uncomfortable. So again, being really realistic with our expectations so that we can go, oh, okay, I really miss them. I feel really knocked off center here. I want to reach out to them. I feel lonely. I feel sad. 
going, yeah, okay, of course I do. Of course I feel those things. That makes perfect sense. That's part of the process. Okay. Uh, it's like, you know, if you injured yourself and you felt pain, you would expect to feel pain because that's part of the process. That's what's going on here. And we need to allow ourselves to feel that without frantically trying to fix or solve or make it go away. So the first one there is allow yourself to grieve without making it mean more than it does or getting stuck in the stories that can spring from those big emotions. The next one that I want to offer you is to really lean on your support people here. And that will look different for everyone, but whether that's close friends who you really trust, a therapist or other you know, professional that you see, uh, family members, it's really important for a couple of reasons. I think there can be a temptation to isolate ourselves. Again, if we're not comfortable with all of the big emotions and particularly if you're someone who has a bit of a tendency to not want to burden people with your stuff, if you're used to being the support person to others, you're used to playing the carer role, then it might be really uncomfortable for the shoe to be on the other foot for you to be in need of that support when you're so accustomed to saying, I'm fine, don't worry about me. But the reality is you do need support in this period because, again, one of the key people in your life has been taken away and they are no longer in the picture. And so you're going to need to diversify where you would usually get that support from. So don't be afraid to ask for help, to ask for support. Uh, The other key piece in this one is from a nervous system point of view, you need active and regular reminders that people in relationships are good and safe and positive, that you are loved Uh, that you can be held by other people and supported, that you can be cared for. That's very nourishing to your system and will really counter any other stories you might have around the unsafety of being alone. Again, this is particularly for people who do struggle with being alone. So people who tend more towards anxious attachment, you may have quite a lot of visceral fear around the aloneness that comes with a breakup. And so countering that by going, okay, actually, as much as my fear stories in my body want to tell me that I'm alone and that's terrifying, I'm not alone. I've got all these people around me who care about me, who are invested in my well-being, who I can lean on and be held by. And so maybe as much as my body wants to tell me that this is really unsafe and we need to you know, do something about it, which might mean reaching out to your ex and trying to, you know, backpedal on everything. No, it's okay. I have other options. I have other support people. Here they are and I'm going to be okay. I can resource myself to get through this period in a way that is grounded, that is supported. uh, And I don't need to go into a really fear-based state even more so than I might already be by isolating myself. Okay. The third tip that I want to give you is See this period as an opportunity to spring clean your life. So this will start to come in a little bit further down the track. I don't expect you on you know day three after the breakup to start reinventing yourself. Uh, and to be clear, you don't ever have to reinvent yourself. There's nothing wrong with you, right? But I think that it can be really nice and can give you a sense of renewal and you know, agency over the story and your role in it to go, okay, this is an opportunity, right? To see it as a fresh start, as a new chapter. 
as a new beginning and to step into that in a really empowered, deliberate way, rather than, you know, floating around rudderless going, oh my God, how has this happened? I'm alone. I can't live without them. What am I ever going to do? Obviously that's not a very empowered story and doesn't really allow you to get intentional about what you want your life to look like in this next chapter and beyond. So see it as an opportunity to spring clean your life, to rediscover yourself. Again, particularly if you are someone who tends more towards anxious attachment or you otherwise know that you tend to really lose yourself in a relationship. So you tend to sort of become subsumed to the relationship container. Uh, This is a really great opportunity to carve out like, who am I? What do I like? What would my ideal be if I weren't always thinking about someone else and what they like and what they're comfortable with? You know, how do I want my space to look? What do I like to do with my free time? What food do I like to eat? What shows do I like to watch? What do I want to spend my weekends doing, right? When we're so accustomed to factoring in someone else and potentially, if if that's your tendency, to defer to what their preference is, we can lose sight of that. And so this is actually a really, really beautiful opportunity for you to make it about you for once. Uh, So relish in that opportunity, relish in the freedom that this period, you know, can afford you. So don't waste that or lose sight of it or, you know, be, be so distracted by the hard parts of the experience that you aren't noticing all of the positives. Okay. The next tip that I want to offer you is become the most fully expressed version of yourself that you can. So this is kind of in a similar vein to the previous one, but, you know, become more of yourself. So if the previous one was around kind of revamping your surroundings and your routines and all of that to suit you, this one's about becoming more of you. So doing things that once would have scared you or doing things that you never thought that you could or that you've always wanted to, but you thought, oh no, that's, I couldn't do that. Right. Maybe you could, right. Challenge yourself, learn to overcome those fears or nerves or embarrassment or shame or or any of those other things that have held you back from doing things that you've always been curious about or interested in, right? So again, it's kind of easy and it's not a bad thing. I think it's just true, right? That it's easy to get lazy and really comfortable and cozy in a long-term relationship. I think that a lot of us who are in long-term relationships can relate to that, right? that it's easy to get a bit complacent around the way we spend our time. So see this period as an invitation, a permission slip to really broaden your horizons and live a little. So, you know, whether that's like taking up a new hobby, you know, going to cooking classes or challenging yourself physically, starting to work with a personal trainer or taking up a new sport or, you know, starting running or something that you've previously thought wasn't like you, or you didn't have time for, or would be too hard. Uh, I think all of those things can be really, really powerful in building up your self-worth, your sense of self and your self-confidence as you enter into this next chapter. 
So reflect on what would be the things, maybe it's just one or two things at the moment. How could I infuse some newness or stretch my comfort zone a little so that I'm becoming more of who I am and particularly in ways that I felt I couldn't when I was in a relationship. So stretch out that comfort zone. Okay. And the last tip that I want to give you is when it comes time to date, and that might not be for a while. So please don't expect yourself to be back out there in a month, particularly if it's a long-term relationship and there's a lot of processing to do. There is absolutely no rush here. Expect to relapse for want of a better term. So you might be feeling like super upbeat and positive and excited to get back out into the dating world. And then maybe you download one of the apps and you feel really deflated and defeated and hopeless all of a sudden, or you go on a couple of dates and it's underwhelming. Okay. Expect that it's going to be a bit of a process and don't expect to find your soulmate or the next person you're going to be in a long-term relationship with on your first date or your first interaction on an app. Okay. You need to be kind of bracing yourself for the process of dating being hit and miss and being trial and error and go into that with an open mind, with good humor. Uh, And again, try and see it as an opportunity rather than, you know, this drudgery, this frustrating thing that you reluctantly have to do in order to meet someone. Try and enjoy the process as much as possible. Try and approach it with a mindset of, oh, look at all these people that I get to meet. What a great opportunity. That's all it has to be, right? And when I say expect to relapse, what I mean is expect to be reminded of your ex in ways that you might not have been in the intervening period. So I think it's really, really normal and natural to have felt like you were over them. And then you go on a date with someone and they have a trait that annoys you. And you're like, Oh, my ex would never have done that. Or, Oh, we always used to laugh at people who did that or, or dressed like that, or said things like that, or liked that thing. Uh, I miss them. Or, you know, you might just miss how comfortable and easeful it felt with your ex. Whereas with all these new people, you're starting from scratch and it feels difficult and you don't know each other yet. And it's a bit awkward. And so you really, just miss and crave the comfort of like the comfy pair of jeans that you've worn in rather than the stiff new ones. It's really normal to feel that way. And again, try not to make too much meaning out of it. Comparing new people with old people is a completely normal thing to do. So don't then go, oh, maybe that means that my ex is actually the right person for me. Stay the course, stick with the process, trust in the process and know that you'll get more comfortable with it. And as time goes by, you know, you'll get to know new people and what starts as being a little bit awkward and uncomfortable will slowly become more comfortable, right? There was a time where you didn't know your ex and you were in that same place with them. So just allow things to to blossom and grow rather than writing them off straight out of the gate from a place of comparison or, you know, fear or, or anxiety or whatever else might be driving that response in you. Okay. So those were five tips for rebuilding after a long-term relationship ends. I hope that that has been helpful. I did try to give you a bit of a a spectrum there of advice ranging from very early in the process post-breakup to that kind of midway point where you're starting to 
you know, emerge from the darkness and, and rebuild and then ultimately going towards potentially dating again. So I hope that that's given you a lot to work with no matter where you are in that process. If you've enjoyed this episode, I'd be so grateful as always, if you could leave a five-star rating or a review, if you're listening on Apple podcasts, it really does help so much. And I'm deeply, deeply appreciative of all of you who have been taking the time to do that recently. It's, it's very touching and humbling to me. Thanks so much for joining me, guys. I will see you again later in the week. Thanks for joining me for this episode of On Attachment. If you want to go deeper on all things attachment, love, and relationships, you can find me on Instagram at stephanie underscore underscore rig or at stephanierig.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, I'd be so grateful if you could leave a review and a five-star rating. It really does help so much. Thanks again for being here, and I hope to see you again soon.